We are downtown. We are historic. We are family. We are scriptural. We are First Baptist Church. young people. Thank you, Suzette. Thank you, Kay, Nancy. What a privilege to be led in worship by our young people this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. And let's be clear about that. They are leading us in worship, and we are thankful. So we, we enter our hearts today as well. Follow along as I read from Psalm 113, and let this set the stage for our worship today. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forever, from the rising of the sun to its setting. The name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations. His glory is above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God? Who is enthroned on high? Who humbles himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in his earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. He makes the barren woman abide in the house as a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. We continue in worship by adding our voices in song this morning, so take your hymnals to hymn 204. Standing together, let's sing, Glorious is Thy Name.
those in that name to worship this morning. Whatever you may be asked to call account of, of your faith, you may stumble with the big picture of, of theology and doctrine. But one thing you can tell people is who Christ is in you. That's what Paul would tell us this week as we've been reading in Colossians. Who do we preach? We preach Christ in me. He is the hope of glory. So it's him that we, we come to celebrate this morning. And, Follow along now as I read from 2 Corinthians 4, 5 through 10, as, as he continues to paint this picture of this great God that we worship. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservant for Jesus' sake. For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. 
always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. And aren't you grateful for the gospel of truth? Let's continue to sing about that solid rock that is our faith. Hymn 406, standing together as we sing. So this this Pete the Cat, all right. What 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 do you think about this? Is another this is another classic over here. You, you know you you know. Yeah, that's Pete the Cat loses his buttons. Okay, yeah, that's right. All right, what about what about this one? The Hungry Caterpillar. Do you, do you know this one? Yeah, is that one pretty is that one pretty good? All right, so let's uh, let's look at all three of these books. They're all all good classic books here. So out of, out of these three, I want you to tell me which one you think is the best. All right? So I'll, just, I'll hold them up, and when I hold them up, you, you raise your hands if you think that one's the best. All right? We'll start with Hungry Caterpillar. You think that one's the best? Raise your hand. Oh, we've got a few. All right? Just a few. All right, let me go. Let's go Pete the Cat. All right, how do you think Pete the Cat's the best? Ooh, that's a bunch of you like Pete the Cat. Yeah, that's good. All right, last one. Green Eggs and Ham. How many of you think Green Eggs and Ham? 
Ooh, that's pretty close. That's that's pretty close between Pete the Cat and Green Eggs and Ham. I don't I don't know which one was which one won. Oh, y'all said Green Eggs and Ham. All right, so the Green Eggs and Ham. Maybe that's the one. Now I say because we you know we read these books and these are good classic books. We read them at school. We read them at home. Um, sometimes we read them before we go to bed, and they're all really good. And some of them are really helpful, right? They can help you learn stories and learn things about life. But I want to show you something else. All right, so what, does anybody know what this is? What this is? Yeah, this is, this is the Bible, and this is, this is a story Bible. It has pictures and stories in it. And as important and as good as all these other books are, it's important for us to remember that this is the most important story. And any lessons we might could learn from some of these other ones, this is the book that teaches us about life. And anything that we want to know about life, this is the book that we go to for answers. We go to our Bible. In fact, the gospel story, we're going to talk about this in the, in the sermon today. Listen for when I talk about the gospel story. The gospel is when we talk about Jesus. And in these pages, when we read about Jesus, there's nothing more important to our lives. So these books, they have their place and they're important, but nothing is more important than reading about Jesus in this book. Okay? Let's pray together. Listen for that in the sermon today. Father, we thank you for our time together. Lord, we thank you for the ways you have blessed us and grown us. And Lord, we pray that you would continue to increase our faith and make us more like you. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. He's not only our solid rock personally, he is the foundation of the church. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ our Lord. We're going to sing that hymn 350. Standing together, let's, let's worship well.
If you would, find your listening sheet. We're going to read aloud together the text for today. Colossians 1, 24 to 29. If you would, stand with me and we'll read. This then is the text for today. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit, so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is, the mystery which has been hidden from past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. May God bless the reading of his word. So how many of us have ever thought we could sell our life story? We could sell it to Hollywood. You know, what, do you, what do you think you would get? Now, if you, if you could sell your story to Hollywood, they say for those life rights, you normally get somewhere in the neighborhood of 50000 to 250000 depending on how good the story is. And so that's, that's the way it goes with, with every good story, right? Whether our life story or, or something that happens along the way, at some point, every good story comes up for sale. And at that point, when it comes up for sale, experts get involved and they give an evaluation. Is your life story worth $50,000? Is it worth $250,000? And then they give all of their input and opinions to tell you how much they think it's worth. I mean, this is the way all of the Hollywood movies go that are based on a true story. It's the way memoirs go is, is they are submitted to be published. And you know, it, it's also true of the greatest story that this world has ever known, the story of the gospel. It too has been for sale or evaluated for dollar figures. Now, it matters how you define movie because there have been a number of movies uh, written and made about the person of Jesus Christ. But let's, let's narrow that list down into major motion pictures and major pictures in English. And so if you, you take that, that route, there's about 30 that have been made about Jesus Christ. And the most profitable of those 30 was the Passion of Christ. Now, the Passion of Christ, they, they spent $30 million to make this movie. They made their evaluation. They said, this is what we, we feel like we can spend and need to spend to get this story onto film, $30 million. And out of that, they ended up making $612 million worldwide on the gospel. Now, is that the value of the gospel? Is that what the, the gospel is worth? Is it worth $30 million? Is it worth $612 million? How much is this story that we hold worth? Now, to be clear, the story that we're talking about is all of Scripture, but narrowed down specifically into the gospels. The gospel, the story of the good news of Jesus Christ who came as God in flesh, who died for our behalf on the cross, who was crucified, buried, and raised again and ascended to the Father in heaven. This is the story of the gospel in the person of Jesus Christ. So Hollywood decided we could spend $30 million on this story. But you know, we have to be careful in placing monetary value on things. And in particular, placing a monetary value on a story like this. You know, it gets to the heart of things, though. That's usually how we evaluate things. That's how we evaluate this life. How much money is that going to bring me? How much money is that going to save me? How much profit is going to come if we do this thing? 
Most everything in this life is, is given to us based on some kind of monetary value. We, we try to value, how much is this going to generate for me? And for me, we mean money. But this gospel story cannot be evaluated in monetary value. Not even of the movies that have been created. Not, not even all of the money that, that public publishers have spent and made reprinting this story over and over again. So that it's the best-selling book that this world will ever know. And so if we, we set that aside, set aside the, the numbers of publication, the numbers of movies, the, the numbers of, of dollars that it took to create, the, the numbers of dollars in profit that all of these things have made, both in book form and in movie form. I think there's a, a different way that we can evaluate the gospel story. And the better way for us to evaluate this gospel story is, is how much is it worth to you? How much are the treasures of these pages worth to your heart? And you know, the best way for us to evaluate that in our own lives is how we treat it. Or maybe better still, how much we'll endure because of it. I think that's a better evaluation of what this gospel is worth. You see, many, many of our lives reveal that we evaluate the gospel story as important. It is an important story. It's important enough that, that we keep scripture around the house. We keep it on our bookshelves. We keep it for our children and we share those stories with our children. We even go so far as to celebrate the story of the gospel twice a year with our friends and fam families. We will celebrate Christ Christmas and we will celebrate Easter. There's, there's value in this story. See, this, this story uh, matters to, to us as much as it brings us a comforting word on a difficult day. Or as much as it gives us reason to celebrate with our, our friends and our family a couple of times a year. It's important to us. It's important to us that, that we gather around in this place today. And all of that is good, but it may be misleading. You see, saying the gospel story is important may be limiting it to the point that it's unbelievable. You see, important has all kinds of meanings to us. Important means the gospel sits on our bookshelves next to the dictionary. One is important than the other. Or the gospel sits on our shelves next to Dr. Seuss just as important. Or, or it sits near that Blu-ray copy of Elf we watch every December. It's important. You see, there, there's all kinds of things that, that fall into this ever-growing category of important to our lives. But the gospel is unmatched in effect and potential. See, this isn't more than important. This is far and above any of the importance of all those other kinds of things. This is unmatched. This story of the gospel is the treasure of our bookshelves. This, this is the treasure of our lives. This is the treasure of any movie that's ever been made. Unmatched in its effect and potential. I want you to consider how Paul evaluated the gospel wasn't just an important work. There wasn't any monetary value. It was life-changing value. Far beyond what money could ever buy. This story, in fact, if we look at how Paul evaluates this story, this story is worth your life. And it surely is a life or death matter. You know, the greatest Hollywood stories, and, and even the greatest children's books, they help us frame life and, and better understand this life based on, on the thoughts of, of talented writers. Help us understand one truth or another. But the gospel is something different. The gospel is the story of humanity written at the hand of the creator of the universe. If there is a story of humanity, this is the story of humanity. There's no better assessment of the human condition 
than what you find in the gospel written in red. If you want to know what this life is about, if you want to know the, the trials and triumph of this life, there is no better place to turn than what is written in the story of the gospel. This is the way the world works. This is your handbook. The story of the gospel is the guide to life. There is a guidebook. There is a GPS. There is a map. There is a source for us to go to, to understand this life. It's not as perplexing as we make it out to be. This is it. This is your hope and your guide for your life. Now, what value can you place on that? You know, you look at the Apostle Paul's life, you read down through this text in particular, he, he completely changed directions based on this story. In fact, after being presented with the gospel in Acts chapter 9, Paul repents of persecuting Christians on behalf of the Roman government and becomes the greatest Christian missionary of all time. One encounter with Jesus Christ, and he swings into a completely new life. Gave up everything for the sake of the gospel. So he's looking at, at how to evaluate this. He said, I would give everything in my life. I would give everything that I have. I give everything that I own, my family, my hopes, my dreams. All of it, I would hand over for this gospel hope. Changed his heart, his job, his purpose, his conversation. Everything changed based on the story of the gospel. He gave up everything from his life before. You know, we see that in our own lives where God is calling us to give up everything from our life before Jesus Christ. In fact, our, our lives are divided into two parts. Before we have surrendered to Jesus Christ and after we have surrendered to Jesus Christ. And everything that came before, we give up in surrender to Jesus Christ. And not only that, so you see Paul, he, he said this is so valuable. I will give up everything I have and everything that I've ever known for the sake of this gospel. But even beyond that, he gave up his life after. Right? That's what surrender means. Surrender means I give up my history and, and everything I've accumul accumulated for the gospel. And every day forward, every minute moving along, I will surrender unto Jesus Christ because that's what this is worth. If you work down through 2 Corinthians chapter 11, there Paul perfectly encapsulates how he evaluates the gospel. As you read through 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he says, I, I have been imprisoned for the gospel. I've been beaten severely for the gospel. Nearly been murdered for the gospel. He goes into details. Five times I was, I was beaten with 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. I, I, was, I was pelted with stones till they thought I was dead. I was shipwrecked. Chased out of ne nearly every town I have visited. I've spent countless sleepless nights on the road without food, all for the sake of the gospel. Every waking moment I would give up for the gospel. Even sleepless nights I would take for the sake of the gospel. You know, as we recount this and we read these stories, you know, from, from our recliners, it sounds awful, unimaginable. Maybe even impossible for us sitting here today to imagine ourselves being in such a circumstance. But what does Paul call it in today's text? Look at Colossians 1, verse 24. This is where we start. This first line of our text that we've had all week. As he starts these first few words, Now I rejoice in my suffering. I rejoice. I consider all of this joy, any pain that I have to endure. And, and why would Paul do that? Why would he consider it all joy? Because he knows the value of the gospel. He knows the treasure that it is. He, know, he knows the hope that, that is found right here in the text, in the story of Jesus Christ. You know, those kinds of terrors, all those things that, that he had to endure, they were just speed bumps compared to the hope of the gospel. And so in, in his evaluation of the gospel and the story of Jesus Christ, he evaluated it in such a way that he would gladly endure those kinds of things. In fact, he said th those things just become a moment of rejoicing. 
because I know what this is worth. I would bear anything to protect and share this story, whatever it takes. You know, you see on this other side how Paul prioritized his life moving forward. The gospel held such value to him that it overwhelmed his schedule and his conversations. See, there, there was nothing more important to do than his whole schedule re revolved around what Christ had called him to do. And every waking moment revolved around surrender unto Christ. The things that he said were based on this story. Nothing more important to do, nothing more important to talk about. That's how much he valued this, this story of the gospel. You know, if you look down through here, verse 24, he says, I'm doing my share, and, and I will bear my share. Some of those sufferings there. I, I will bear on my shoulders all of the sufferings that I have to bear for the sake of the gospel. You go down in the next verse, Colossians 1, verse 25. He says, I'm going to fully carry out the story. Whatever that means, wherever that leads, I am going to commit to fully carrying out this story. I will make sure it is told to whoever needs to hear it. I'm going to take it with me. It ends in verse 29. He says, I'm striving. I am laboring, laboring. I am toiling away by the might of Jesus Christ so that this story is protected and this story is told. That's how much Paul valued it. His evaluation, this was becoming more and more priceless every day. There's nothing that he wouldn't give up for the sake of this story. Every day, every man, every way I can share the riches of this gospel, I will do it. And that, that begs the question. Right? We see how Paul has evaluated this story. And so for each one of us, how, how have we evaluated this story? Not based on, on what we've said. Not based on what we hope we would say or what we hope to evaluate it as. What is your evaluation? How has this impacted your life? When you first heard this story, you made a decision to accept its value or to ignore its claims. Which way did you lean? Were you accepting the value of the story or were you, were you ignoring its claims? If we value the gospel, there, there's, a, there's this moment that we fully surrender to Jesus Christ and we hand our lives over to Him and we, and we give up everything, our dreams, we give up our relationships, we give up anything that we have been called to give up for the sake of the gospel. Because we know, and this story attests to that, that when Christ is calling you to give up something, it's because His purposes and His life are far greater than anything that you could possibly imagine. And in fact, you're putting place, you're putting um, all kinds of things in greater value than the gospel. He's saying all of these things that, that in, your, in your life, in your imagination, in your schedule, in the things that you do, all of those things that you are evaluating as greater than the gospel, hand them over to me. Surrender them unto Jesus Christ. Let your Lord know that the gospel is that which is most valuable. We hand it over to him. You see, if we, if we value the gospel in this way, it changes life. It changes the things that we do. It changes the, the way we perceive life and walk through things like suffering. You know, Paul, Paul noted in here, you know, that God's not just some kind of magic genie that's going to grant you a life that, that you think is good. In fact, there is still many days of suffering ahead of you. But the gospel does something glorious in that suffering. One, you have a person, Jesus Christ, to walk through that suffering with. And, and as you do, God, God grows you in that. In fact, suffering doesn't negate the gospel and it, it doesn't negate faith. But we begin to see that, that suffering as an opportunity to fulfill the work of Jesus Christ and, and experience what, what Christ knew when he faced this world. And to know that any kind of suffering or pain that we face in this life, it is incomparable to the glory that is to be revealed to us. 
You see, the way this works is if we deem the gospel to be true, and that is we, we give it the weight and value it deserves in our lives, we begin to do these very same things that we see that, that are growing and, and happening in Scripture. That, that we begin to understand we have specific callings upon our lives. We have giftings that, that no one else in the church has so that we can do the mighty work of God. See, we're, we're all called within the Great Commission to work diligently for the sake of the kingdom. Wherever we find ourselves, however we're gifted in the relationships that God has given us, so we advance the kingdom of God. Now, Paul, we, we see in our text this week, he had a specific role to, to take this gospel story to the Gentiles across the globe. And though we have different avenues, we have the same great commission. We tell the story. In fact, th this, is, this is on you. This is on me. We, we all, we tell this story in our unique giftings and in our access. However God has made you, you share it. Wherever God takes you, you share the value of this story. If you are given unique ways, and God's going to use that for His glory. Paul says here, this, this is so valuable, I'm going to do everything in my power to fully carry it out. And so will we. We're going to do everything in our power by the might of Jesus Christ to fully carry out this story. You see, our, our mission is the gospel and to, to value the, the story so much that you can't help but to share it, that, that you can't help but to live it in your gifting and in your spheres of influence. This treasure that we hold is priceless and it's far too important, far too powerful, far too hopeful for us to keep to ourselves. It's far too important for us to undervalue this. This is our hope. The story of the gospel is our life. Let's pray together. Lord, we come before you this morning recognizing that, that on our own we, we fall flat. But in, your, in your, your might, in this story of the gospel, we live in a freedom and a power that was unknown to us before. So Lord, the, the things that we have yet to surrender to you, our hearts that have yet to be handed over to you, we pray that you would continue to stir and nudge, Lord. Pull us into your presence so that we can't miss it. Lord, help us to, to know you intimately this morning so that the story of the gospel takes its appropriate place in our hearts, in our lives, and in this world. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. We're going to have our time of response now. We ask everybody in here to respond to God. In fact, you will. You're going to respond to God in some way this morning. There's a, there's a few options down here in the bottom of your listening sheet. You can take the time to, to maybe uh, respond to God in one of those ways. Sing, you give, but we rejoice in it as we do. In fact, the, the altar is open and, and we'll be down front here. Brian will be here. I'll be over here. If you want to talk about accepting Christ or being a part of this church, this is the time to do it. It's time to come and, and share and to pray to Him. Now, as we do this, remember, we're being obedient to the Lord. This is, this is our moment to take a step of obedience to Him. So let's be faithful in that obedience as we respond.
as we prepare to receive the offering this morning. Hear this prayer prompt now and carry it with you this week as we continue to lift up our TV and our media ministries. Father, our assignment is as Paul's, to preach Christ to every man, so every man will be presented to you fully mature in Christ. O Lord, please stir us and lead us to give proper attention to every man, especially today as the TV ministry is in our hearts. Thank you for all the ways you desire to use this ministry to love every man. Continue to worship through giving now. here. My name's Jeremy, and I'm excited to be with you guys to share a couple of things with you. Um, one, there are so many people that you don't get to get to know, like I do, that are running cameras and running TV audio um, and put things up on the screens for us and uh, take care of those 
um, who aren't able to be with us through the TV ministry. And these people are edifying people. I love to get to meet them. And I want to give you the same opportunity. So on October 9th, that's a Wednesday night, come up, sign up on fbcsa.org backslash media. Sign up. I'll feed you. You'll get to walk around, be a part of the TV uh, crew, and uh, mess around, mess with the cameras, push buttons, talk to us, realize that it's not so intimidating to serve in this way. These people have the heart to serve those who can't be with us. And if you have that heart, we need you. So I have that for you. And then I also just want to continue to ask for you to pray and ask how you can serve, um, whether through giving financially or with your time. Will you just do that for me? Um, and we'd love to have you. I'm telling you, I'll make sure the food is good and it will be a blast. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Jeremy, and all that you do. Let me um, give you some life together moments. In fact, we're gonna walk through Sunday nights and we have some, some very exciting things, and, and they kind of incre incrementally get more exciting after tonight. But tonight at 6, at 6 p.m., we have our church conference, which is going to be fun. So I hope you'll come and be a part of church conference this evening. Then next Sunday afternoon into the evening is when we have our area fellowships. That's when we have church across the city in our homes. And in fact, the videos are done, and they're good. I think you're going to appreciate it. Um, so register online or in Unity Hall um, for an area fellowship in your area. Then the week after that, Sunday after that, October 13, it's still exciting on Sunday afternoon around here because we have our church picnic. So on that day, it's, it's always a fun day of festivities and games and food. Um, and we, we want you to come and, and share life together with us um, Sunday, October 13. And then one more. So the week after that, the celebration continues on Sunday night, October 20th. We're doing something new, something we've never done before, but it's something that you asked me for. Over and over again, one of the things that I was told when I first came is, we don't know all the things we do. We want to hear more stories of our missions efforts. We want to hear stories of the things that we do and we do well around here. And so October 20th, that evening, we're going to have a missions celebration service and we're going to start by celebrating all the mission trips that our church has been on in the last year. And it's going to be a fun, festive night together. And so I hope you'll come back. So these are Sunday nights, the, the next three weeks. This is going to be good. So I hope you'll come and, and participate with us. Uh, one more thing from me. You see the um, flowers in front of me. They're given to the glory of God. And in celebration of the 39th wedding anniversary of Mark and Lori Wright. Bless you. We're grateful for you. For your example of faithfulness. Thank you. Let's see, Brian, did you come? Church conference is fun. Okay. Uh, just wanted to reiterate that uh, we have several folks coming for membership this morning. First, we have this family, Laura Alvarez, and. Her son, Matthew Gonzalez, uh, Laura comes um, recommitting her life to Christ and for membership. And Matthew uh, is coming this morning uh, receiving Christ and uh, desiring baptism. Amen. Yeah, come on down, stand with them. If you look forward in walking in faith with this family, uh, would you say amen? Amen. And? We love you. That's right. And also, uh, also this morning, uh, the Uptons. We have Oren and Mikyong Upton coming by statement for membership. Man, yeah, you come, come stand with them as well. I'm getting a good wave. Yeah, come on, come on down. If, if you look forward in walking in faith with the Uptons, would you say amen? amen. And we love you. That's right. So uh, all of us, we're going to gather at the door over there. You come by after the service, greet them, welcome them into this family of faith. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're dismissed now to go do the good work that Jesus has called us to do. Let's take the name of Jesus with you. Stand together.
Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.